With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Let's turn our attention to one of the great trans-Tasman rivalries. It is International Rugby League. It is the Kiwis taking on the Kangaroos in Melbourne. Kickoff at 10 past 10. Full coverage right here on SENZ. Our countdown to kickoff starts at 9pm. We are delighted to welcome into the program a prolific rugby league writer, author, a stack of books, whether it's across International Rugby League, uh, State of Origin, the NRL, this man knows what he's talking about. And we are delighted to welcome Will Evans into the programme, who might have even had a chuckle at the expense of the English cricketers alongside me. Will, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm great, fellas. And yeah, I love my cricket too. So I'm absolutely loving the results rolling in from the World Cup. Um, yeah, great to see England down the bottom there. Yeah, I, I kind of heard a chuckle in there. I kind of heard a chuckle. Can't help. It hurt four years ago. It, four, it hurt four years ago. English fans, surely you can forgive us. All right. Um, I'm, I, give me reasons to really believe New Zealand is going to sort of snap what has been a bit of a barren run. I made the point, I think, one win in our last eight. Seems a long time ago when we had that string of three straight wins in 2014 and, and 15. So the class of 2023, please give me hope, Will. Yeah, well, I thought it was really encouraging what we saw last week against Samoa. I mean, obviously, they were pretty disappointing, but 50-0. You you couldn't have asked for much more from the Kiwis, who, you know, their first outing of the year uh, really looked locked in, and their combinations are great, despite having a few sort of new faces in there. Um, Yeah, just a brilliant performance. I think, you know, Australia were pretty good against Samoa a couple of weeks earlier as well, but... Uh, Kiwi certainly lifted the bar, I think, in this tournament. And being a bit of a dead rubber, we've, they're obviously both going to play each other in the uh, in the final in Hamilton next week, regardless of what happens in Melbourne. Um, Australia have kind of gone in with that mentality. They're resting a couple of players, no Payne Haas or Tino uh, Fass or Malawi. So that those two big boppers up front won't be there. Jake Trebojevic and uh, Thomas Flegler debuting instead. So that gives us a bit of an advantage up front. The Kiwis have shown their hand. They've named the same 17 as, as last week. And, uh, yeah, I just really think that what we saw last week, particularly from the halves, uh, Jaron Hughes and Dylan Brown were fantastic. I think we've uh, got the goods to, to roll Australia. I mean, we, we almost did it in the World Cup semi-final um, last last year against the odds after a poor quarter-final. I just think, um, yeah, what Michael Maguire's done with the side at the moment, they're, uh, yeah, they're looking prime for an upset. Yeah, that's a really good point. We sort of started through to that World Cup semi-final, then went oh so close to causing such a big upset. So I, I, I find it must be difficult for, for Maguire to prepare us. It was 11 months ago, wasn't it? It, it, it? It's so long between drinks. And, you know, does he pick on Foreman in an NRL season or what they've done previously in the Kiwis? He seems to have got that blend right. Yeah, I think so. And obviously Australia have got that, that advantage of state of origin mid-year where we've been sort of robbed of a, a mid-year test, so we don't have that luxury anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, a few weeks in camp, he's, uh, he's, 
he's done a marvellous job. I mean, we've, you know, we saw a couple of guys debut, or three guys debut off the, the bench last week. Farmanu Brown, Griffin, name Leo Thompson, they all looked up to the task. Uh, Kieran Foran was, um, you know, I guess a bit of a gamble starting at hooker, but he was fantastic. Um, and Matt Timmercor, uh debuting at centre, was just about the best player in the field. So, uh, yeah, he's moulded them well. Um, pretty simple game plan built around that, that those... Uh, those big men up front, James Fisher-Harris and Moses Liotta, um, and yeah, with Jerome Hughes staring them around, uh, safe as a bank chance, Nickel Clogs there at fullback. Um, it's a, there's not too many holes you can prick in this uh, Kiwis lineup. Yeah, I was interested to ask you about that, but you, you sort of touched on it, uh, about the style and you know the X's and O's. It, it's pretty simple, is it? Um, you haven't seen sort of too, too much complexity in their game plan, or do you perhaps see that now with a, a little bit more time together that, that they'll add a few more things against ca- the Kangaroos? I don't think in this sort of international football, there's A, there's enough room for it uh, with your preparation, but B, the, the need for it, I guess. And, you know, Australia, you, if they're on their game such, such a relentless side, you've just got to keep it simple, you know, kick to the corners, try and win the middle battle and um, and take your opportunities when they pop up. But I don't think we'll see anything um, too out of the box from the Kiwis. Um, yeah, just got to win those big moments. You touched briefly on the halves. How do you assess them as a combo? How do they sort of complement each other um, as players? And can we dare to dream we've got a halves uh, combo settled now for a number of years going forward? Yeah, you would think so, and it's uh, obviously everyone was a little disappointed that we didn't get to see Sean Johnson back in the black and white jersey this postseason. Um, obviously, would have been great, but then for Dylan Brown or Jaron Hughes to miss out, obviously would have been super unlucky. They're um, you know, two of the best going around in the NRL. I think they do complement each other well. You know, they they both um, kind of seem to be run first halves. Um, and similar players in a way, but you know, Hughes is, is the linchpin for Melbourne Storm, so he's got a good kicking game. He's developed that over the years, probably manufactured a little bit into a halfback, but he's become one of the best, and uh, that allows Dylan Brown to just you know, play what he sees, probably do a bit more ball running and not have to worry about organising the team. Um, when you're going up against the Queensland halves, Daly Cherry Evans and Cameron Munster, it's obviously a tough matchup. But uh, Hughes and Brown have just got to worry about what's uh, in front of them and and um, do their job for the Kiwis. It's, it's a great matchup. A uh, bit of a whisper during the week that Cameron Munster was was a bit crook, and uh, Nico Hines has been picked and uh, on the on the interchange bench to make his debut. He could come into the halves, which would give uh, the Kiwis a bit of a boost. But regardless, uh, yeah, great battle in those playmaking positions. The changes the Kangaroos have made. New Zealand running out the same side, trying to build on uh, their first game and a big win over Samoa that it was. Uh, you, you've mentioned the score was a bit closer between Australia and Samoa. What, what have you made of this uh, decision to rest players? Who, who's got it right, the Kiwis or the Kangaroos? Well, if you want to build momentum into you know playing against the same team next week, you. I've backed the Kiwis, um, you know, picking their strongest team. They're going out there to win it and get that psychological edge for the final. Uh, yeah, Kangaroos, I guess, wanting to give everyone in the squad a run. That's we saw in State of Origin one, the 
you know, picking Hines on the bench badly backfired. They've already got a hooker on the bench, Australia. So it's a, you know, it does seem a curious call, basically just handing out a debut, if I'm honest. Um, Liam Martin's a, a, a big loss from that side, probably the best second rower going around. He's the player that sort of made way for, for Hines to get into the 17. Uh, Valentine Holmes, one of the great representative uh, three quarters. He comes into the onto the wing for Sal and Cobbo. Uh, certainly don't mind that uh, from their point of view, but Holmes hasn't played a game in three months. He could be a bit rusty. Um, and, yeah, our wingers, Asako and Mulatalo, are both on fire. Um, gave Samoa plenty of problems last week. And Australia have also got a winger, a fullback playing on, on the other wing in Dylan Edwards. I mean, he's a, he's a total class act, but uh, defending on the wing's a little bit different to fullback and uh, could get exposed as well. So, yeah, a few areas to exploit for the Kiwis. Will Evans is with us, rugby league writer and journalist, as we look at the Kiwis up against the Kangaroos. One thing I have noticed over the last few years when we've played Australia, cracking the safe has been very difficult. We have struggled to score points. I think we've been kept to 10 points or less in five of the last eight games. That's not going to happen this time around. I, I just see so much, too much potency. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, you can't get too confident about racking up a score on Australia, but um, there's always going to be... Well, 11 points ain't a score... I'll, I'll take 11. Yeah. No, I'll, I'll take <laughs> yeah, 11. Yeah, a couple of converted tries, that, that should do it. Um, yeah, and, and we've seen, um, you know, these games can be pretty low scoring from both sides. Um, we haven't really seen Australia touch us up too badly um, in any test, even though we've only won one of our last eight. Um, yeah, it's, it's just about making the most of those opportunities when you do get down that end, but plenty of firepower, as I said, Timiko, and then on the other side, you've got Joey Manu, probably the most dangerous centre in the game, so um, yeah, plenty of strike in that three-quarter line, it's great to we've seen so many Kiwis teams in the past have to sort of pick players out of position or, you know, a bit of a fill-in um, it's great to see, you know, one one through to seven um, absolute specialists in their position and some of the best in the NRL, so, and plenty of great finishing ability in there, I don't yeah, I'm not too worried about our ability to score points. I think uh, holding out points is, is uh, what we need to focus on. That centre partnership you have talked about is uh, you know quite something to behold. Um, so much excitement there. In fact, across the, there's a lot of fun players, if you know what I mean. Joey Marner, you've mentioned there, and he's done more for my yet-to-be-launched uh, Ball Rush League than uh, any uh, man on the planet after that uh, shirt being ripped off and then taking the next hit up. It was just a, a great moment within a game. You know, the impact he's had on the game of the last few years. Um, you know, how, how great could this guy's career be, you think, if you forecast further down the road? Yeah, he's still got plenty of time left and he's already done a lot. And um, obviously in the NRL and at test level, despite, um, you know, a few years of, of no test body with COVID. But uh, he has the potential to be one of, um, you know, the Kiwis' modern greats as well on the way. I like seeing him at centre for the Kiwis. He's a great fullback, but I felt like at the World Cup and they were they'd swap positions, Chance was playing centre. I just uh, felt like they were a bit too reliant on, on Joey to do something, you know, from fullback out of nothing and just sort of shovel him out the ball and, and look for him to sort of dance around and, and do something. Um, I think the balance of the side's a lot better with, with Joey Manu at centre. Uh, such a dangerous ball runner. He can still drift around and still inject himself. Um, and then just one-on-one, he's, he's one of the hardest players in the game to handle. So, um, yeah, uh, to answer your question, he, he could be one of the great New Zealand um, test centres for sure.
Uh, well, before we let you go, just some quick-fire questions, sort of not game-specific, more sort of newsy elements. The, the Madge Maguire um, uh, New South Wales link uh, has been around for a couple of weeks now. We've, we've heard different perspectives on it. Has it bothered you? Yeah, I don't love it, mate. I just, um, I, you know, I have to see it as, as down the track there'll be a conflict of interest, you know, players that are dual eligible. Um, we've seen Mel Meninga pinch uh, plenty of Kiwi eligible players for Queensland. You know, what happens when, when it comes to, the, to, uh, to a decision for a, a hot young player that's, that's eligible for the Kiwis and New South Wales? I mean, which way does Madge go there if he's coaching both? I'd, I'd see it as a a bizarre situation if he was to continue coaching both, even though he said it, it shouldn't, you know, stop him from coaching the Kiwis. But yeah, it's um, I don't love it. Okay, um, Andrew Webster signing a long, long, long-term deal with the the New Zealand Warriors. Of course, uh, I can't see anything but positives with this. Some people have questioned the length of the deal. My argument to them would be, well, um, it doesn't count to the salary cap what you pay a coach, right? And who cares? It's not your money. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I absolutely love that. You'd, you'd want to lock him in for as long as you can. I know it's only one year in, but what he's done in that year is phenomenal. He's, he's changed the entire culture of the place. He's um, you know, got them playing a brand of football that we've never seen from a Warriors team in, in their almost 30-year history, and he just loves the place. The players love him. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean you know that this year could be... Um, a, a slight flash in the pan and, and it could be, you know, a bit tougher to build something there than, than what, you know, this year suggested. But he's definitely the guy that we want. There's not a lot of great coaches out there. And if we've only had him on, you know, two or three year deal, it becomes, and, he, and the Warriors keep going well, all of a sudden he's, you know, the hottest, most in-demand coach in the market. And we've got, had our pants pulled down there with Ivan Cleary in the same situation, not giving him a long enough deal. Obviously a decision that, continues well until now has uh, haunted the club for more than a decade but now we've got the coach that we've been looking for for more than a decade uh lock him in for as long as we can did Cleary go on and do other good things today uh yeah yeah fair enough josh curran um early release from the warriors off to the doggies what were they unable to fit his hair under the salary cap <laughs> Uh, perhaps uh, I just think you know a player of that ability. He's he's just a little bit surplus to requirements at the Warriors at the moment. Uh, he's just too good to be you know staying at the Warriors and only getting twenty five thirty minutes a game um, in, on your average game. Uh, for me, I I don't have much between him and Jackson Ford, but obviously Webster and and his staff prefer Jackson Ford. And um, yeah, he's, he's a little bit of an odd man out. I think it's. Um, they would have loved to have him around this year, but I think it's quite a, a nice call from the club to allow him to pursue a longer-term option. He's a great signing for the Bulldogs. They've been you know, crying out for a, a good signing in the pack, and he could really elevate his career, certainly more so than you know getting those limited minutes off the bench uh, for the Warriors, as much as he seems to absolutely love the club, and he's a great piece of our 17 over here. But, um, yeah, I think it's better for both parties. It, it gives the Warriors opportunity to explore... Um, other signings to bolster other areas. They've got some great young forwards coming through on that New South Wales Cup team that can certainly uh, fill that interchange role. Um, and, yeah, really excited for, for what it can mean for Josh Curran and for the Warriors. Well, thank you so much, mate. Really enjoyed listening to you and hearing all the insights. Thanks again, and we'll uh, catch up soon. Always a pleasure. Thanks a lot, mate.